0: Hi, it's Jeff Farley at the Otisville Mount Hope Presbyterian Church and our weekly podcast, Today's Word, from our weekly sermon. If after listening you have questions or would like to know more, please contact us at our email address, otisvillepress at hvc.rr.com or check out our website at www.otisvillepress.org. We're talking about the lost and found department of the gospel according to Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Tax collectors and sinners were all crowding around to listen to Jesus. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law started grumbling. This man is friendly with sinners. He even eats with them. Then Jesus told them this story. If any of you has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will you do? Won't you leave the 99 in the field and go look for the lost sheep until you find it? And when you find it, you will be so glad that you will put it on your shoulder and carry it home. Then you will call in your friends and neighbors and say, let's celebrate, I found my lost sheep. Jesus said in the same way, there is more happiness in heaven because of one sinner who turns to God than over 99 good people who don't need to. Jesus told the people another story. What will a woman do if she has 10 silver coins and loses one of them? Won't she light a lamp, sweep the floor and look carefully until she finds it? Then she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, let's celebrate. I found the coin I lost. Jesus said in the same way, God's angels are happy when even one person turns to him. So here's the question. What have you been celebrating lately? Birthdays, anniversaries, just getting out of the house finally. How about those kids off to school, the grand success? These last two weeks I've been celebrating too. Three funerals and three weddings. Now, that may seem strange to you that a funeral is a celebration, but it really is. It's a celebration of life. I pledged a few years ago that as a pastor, if a person in the community wanted a Christian funeral, I would preside if that's what they wanted. I don't turn down funerals if I don't have to, because I think people should be reminded of the hope we have in Jesus. And weddings. Well, one was Sue's niece, which we were not able to go to, but three of Sue's sisters and brothers came to visit with us. And then, of course, we had Becky Cooper's wedding last weekend and Janelle McComb's weekend wedding just yesterday. Celebrations come in all kinds of situations. Maybe you're having one of those anniversaries, or maybe you're dropping off the teenagers at college, or maybe you've gotten a promotion, or retired, or have a birthday bash coming. All of it is wonderful and fun, particularly now that we can gather a little bit with family and friends, and while we still worry about COVID, we have figured out ways to gather while being careful. Celebrations are at the very heart of God. I know we often don't talk about it that way. But the reality is, celebrations are at the very heart of God. God loves us and wants us to be ready for a celebration any time something amazing happens, just like God does when what is lost is found. Jesus in Luke 15 tells three stories about things that are lost and then found, making clear God's heartfelt joy when what has been lost is finally returned home. Because of the three stories here, Luke 15 is known as the Bible's lost and found department. And each by themselves are great stories. But together they speak with amazing authority about Jesus' essential theological understanding. God is jubilant when just one of his lost children comes home. And then here's the thing we are to grasp with all our hearts. We should be two. Of course, to understand the three parables, you have to understand the context in which Jesus told them. So uh, Luke makes sure that we see and hear the story so our heads and, more importantly, our hearts are open. Luke starts by telling us some essential information about the context of Jesus' teaching here, that tax collectors and sinners were crowding all around him, listening to him teach. (laughs) That statement all by itself is pretty amazing, because let's face it, having sinners lining up to listen to most preachers is pretty darn unusual. But then Jesus was both an amazing teacher and as a person representing God's uh, God's kingdom. In most situations, most sinners, I think, would find neither the message nor the messenger particularly interesting or appealing. And I'm not talking just about me, but most any preacher, because most preachers today are seen as unsafe and critical and abusive and uncaring or simply off-putting by those who are thought of as sinners. Some of us, unfortunately, are smarmy. Others seem to want something from us. We act sometimes as though we aren't really interested in sinners, what they're dealing with, going through, and struggling with. Some preachers just see sinners as numbers, hoping that if they decide to come in, they can then count them as converts or worship attenders. Then maybe the sinner is invited to stay, but only if they change. And if they don't change, they're judged and sometimes rejected. But in relationship to sinners, Jesus was marvelously different. He was open, accepting, loving, and caring, and shockingly, only judgmental when dealing with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and other folks who somehow imagined themselves to be holy. Pharisees and others somehow thought that God would judge them as being righteous, keeping all the rules of the law, without understanding that they were already in God's presence when they were with Jesus. Luke even tells us, So the Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses started grumbling. This man is friendly with sinners. He even eats with them. They were judging God. Imagine that, going to a party and eating with sinners. I mean, good heavens, isn't that what we do? We offer up a gift of wine to the bride and groom at their wedding. We wish folks well who aren't particularly religious and then care for them as the opportunities arise, we invite them to sit at table and talk, enjoy a meal and a drink, find out about how challenging real life is and how it, hard it is to follow all the laws. And then Jesus declaring that in spite of it all, God loves them. Sharing the good news of God's love and forgiveness with all kinds of people, even if they prefer to go off on a crazy misadventure, like the young man we'll talk about next week. Yet Jesus makes clear three times that God rejoices when any sinner comes home, just like a family and the whole community does when that lost sheep or lost coin or lost son is found. That sheep meant everything to the shepherd whose employment depended on its safety. That coin meant everything to that woman who was saving for her daughter's dowry, a loss that meant one daughter would marry less well because of the loss. And a father who could not bear the loss of his son, because as all of us parents know, each child is more precious than our own lives. What Luke wants us to hear is Jesus' plea in the story that not only should we be searching and finding lost sinners, that lost brothers and sisters come home, but that we should also rejoice and celebrate when they do, just as the God of the universe does. And isn't that? incredible good news. So that's our sermon for this past Sunday. We're so excited that you were able to join us. Again, if you have questions, thoughts, ideas, let us know. We're delighted you're here.